You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On this here podcast, as I'm a little bit in catch-up mode, I guess, we just got off the phone, the local media, that is, the, the, the Wizards media, just got off the phone with one of the newest Wizards, Jody Meeks. I've got some of that audio from his uh, teleconference with with uh, reporters. Uh, I'll play some of that for you. <clears throat> and later in the podcast, I was out when I was out in Vegas, I was there for Sacramento rookie point guard De'Aaron Fox, another Kentuckian, uh, former Kentucky player, uh, under uh, John Calipari. He, of course, has an interesting budding rivalry with Lakers guard Lonzo Ball. They were supposed to play head-to-head on Tuesday, but that didn't happen ultimately as Ball was held out of the game. And uh, Fox had put up a... An emoji tweet about that, and that led to a thing. But in any event, he also um, I talked a little bit about what it means to be the newest Kentucky star to come out, and, and he also mentioned a little bit about John Wall. So I want to play that for you, just to have a little random sound for um, from Vegas. But I thought it kind of was a, a good play here. We got Jody Meeks, he a Kentucky guy, De'Aaron Fox, a Kentucky guy, and of course the Wizards have the leading guy, uh, the leading guard out of Kentucky in John Wall. So we'll play all that. And of course, speaking of John Wall, you can go back and hear John Wall talking out in Las Vegas. A few of us were there. I got to ask him a bunch of questions. You can hear that talking about um, his current status in free agency, what he thinks of uh, Otto Porter and, and how he reacted to people, how people reacted to his original comments about Paul George. So, uh, you know, Candid, as always, if you have not had a chance to listen to John Wall directly, you've probably heard about it by now, I'm sure, but if you haven't had a chance to hear him directly, uh, I, I, I say go back and listen to that. And in that very same podcast, we had uh, ESPN's Amin Al-Hassan helping me uh, break down kind of all things Wizards, what he thinks of their offseason moves, how the Wizards can best deal with these John Wall negotiations, and what it may take for the Wizards to make that one big move that John Wall and others feel that they need to make. Now, before we get into Jody Meeks, let me drop in a quick word here from our sponsors at SeatGeek. Buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated. You guys know this by now, but SeatGeek is here to help the cause. SeatGeek is the smartest and easiest way to get tickets to live events. With SeatGeek's seamless mobile experience, you can buy and sell tickets in just Two taps. There's nothing quite like seeing your favorite team or musician in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. I I have the SeatGeek app on my phone. I remember we talked about this out in Vegas with Adam Rubin uh, about how we both have used the SeatGeek app to uh, help us kind of navigate the, the various ticket options when we're going to shows. In fact, now that I'm back home. Uh, I don't really, you know, it's always fun to have something on the calendar, fun-wise. I don't really have anything on the calendar right now, so the concert will definitely be something for me to look at, and I'm definitely going to check out the SeatGeek app 
shortly here to see what is available coming up in town. Now, here's the deal. Here's exactly how you can go about using SeatGeek to buy, uh, to buy tickets. Well, first of all, SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. To get you the most bang for the buck, SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget and every purchase is fully guaranteed so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Now here is how you actually go do it. You gotta download that SeatGeek app. Go ahead, do it right now. I'll wait. No, okay, I won't wait. But go ahead, we'll do that now. Enter the promo code L-O-N-B-A. That's as L-O as in locked on. L-O-N-B-A today. When you do that, you'll get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. So, promo code L-O-N-B-A, that gets you $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. The Wizards, their first purchase in free agency this year was Jody Meeks, a wing guard, 88% career free throw shooter. He's a 37% 3-point shooter. His last two years in Orlando shot over 40%. Of course, his last two years in Orlando constituted a grand total of 39 games. A foot injury essentially wiped out the 2015-16 season, and a thumb injury uh, plagued him last year. You'll hear in this conversation, he was asked about his injuries uh, and kind of where he stands now, along with ultimately, you know, why he picked the Wizards and, and, and his expectations Going into free agency, and plus he talks a little bit about a little bit about John Wall. Um, I, I want to go back to uh, you know the, the the idea of why the Wizards added him, and you know I've made hay of the fact that you know I was calling for I thought that Joni Meeks made made a lot of sense for the Wizards, you know, going back several weeks before to start a free agency, and you know. I, <laughs> uh, when that move came down, some people gave me some props for having made that call. Other people gave me grief for pointing out that I had made that call. Um, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> um, but you know, just you know, just to make sure on one point, suggesting that he was made sense for the Wizards is not the same thing as suggesting that this will be a great player that or that they, uh, you know, the, or, or, or that we know for sure Jody Meeks will stay healthy or anything along those lines. Because of course, I, I have no idea. I cannot state that. Um, we don't know how it's going to work. I mean, since he averaged 15.7 points for the Lakers in the 2013-14 season, he hasn't played more than 60 games in any year. And, you know, he's now 29. Uh, yeah, he's now 29. He'll turn 30 in August. So he'll be 30 this year. I mean, you know, that's, I'll take 30. That's definitely not old by any stretch. But, you know, from an NBA player perspective, you know, it, it, it's getting, it's getting up there. When you have a guy who's been hurt as often as he has, you know, it can be a problem. In fact, if you go back and look at his his season totals, only, you know, he played 60 games as a rookie. He played 74 the next year, then 66, but I think that was the, uh, that, that was the shortened season, then 78, then 77, and in the last three years, He's played a grand total of 99 games. But what he does is shoot and make shots. And obviously, 
you know, the Wizards needed somebody to do that when, when, uh, when they lost Boyan Bogdanovich. Now, the irony is, I think, I, what, I never really believed that the Wizards would bring back Bogdanovich unless something went incredibly haywire with, with Otto Porter. You know, it's, the Wizards, it looks like, are a tick over the, or tick into the luxury tax right now, having made the moves that they made and adding a Bogdanovich while would be helpful for the team. It just seemed like that would be pushing it too far. So once the Wizards went out and got Jody Meeks, it just seemed to me that that was probably the end of Bogdanovich. The reason why I thought I was looking at at a guy like Meeks was who would be a player that the Wizards could get who might buy into the idea of they could boost his value playing with John Wall, and then simultaneously who is somebody that would probably be in the affordable free agent bin that that, that could help the Wizards. And and Meeks can do that. At, you know, if you if you look at the Wizards' second unit right now, presumably their second unit. Tim Frazier at point guard, Jody Meeks, Jan Mahimi at center, Kelly Oubre at small forward, and let's just say Jason Smith at power forward, even though Mike Scott is in the mix there. Jason Smith and Jody Meeks, those two can shoot threes. The other three cannot, although Kelly Oubre has, you know, worked on his, his game. We'll see how that translates. If Tim, with Tim Frazier running the offense, he's a, he's a consummate, you know, pass first point guard, a guy who can, who, who can really, you know, get people the ball, get people in the right spot, something that he simply did not have on a consistent basis with the second unit last year. Jan Mahimi is going to be that rebounding defensive guy. You know, I, 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 again, I'm not trying to set crazy expectations here, but considering how bar the low is for what the Wizards the bench gave them last year, having a guy like Meeks should be a very big help if he can stay healthy. You've got, again, with, with Meeks and Jason Smith on that court, You've got two players that, you know, teams will have to respect shooting from, from three. And, you know, if you do that, if you defend those, those spots, you know, you, you potentially open some things up for other people. And that's where Tim Frazier and Uber in particular, uh, should, should get some, should get some work in. Uh, last year, you know, with Bogdanovich, you know, when you had, you know, Brandon Jennings in the regular season, I think had some moments where he was, where he was good, but you know, certainly in the playoffs, you know, that second unit is things have dried up, and I think a lot of Bogdanovich's success. I haven't looked this up statistically of late, but I, you know, as I seem to recall things, you know, he when, when he's playing, when he, when he had some minutes with the starters, you know, he he could get he could uh, he could look the part when he's playing with the backups, not not as good. I think the Tim Frazier Jody Meeks pairing has a chance to be a pretty decent one, and I get it. It's not Gordon Hayward. It's not. Adding the number three pick in the draft and Jason Tatum, as I as I mentioned in the previous podcast I did with Adam Rubin from TruthAboutIt.net, where we did sort of a summer league potpourri. You know, I said, hey, I've talked to a lot of people out in Vegas who were not convinced that the Celtics have just you know leap. It's not leapfrog because they were technically ahead of the Wizards, but you know they haven't just pulled away from Washington. Uh, that, that that the Wizards and, and Toronto are right there. That there's no reason for them to concede. The two seed, if, you know, if we're sort of giving Cleveland the one seed, whether they ultimately finish there or not, you know, Cleveland is the, as the team to beat that, you know, that, that, that Boston did go miles ahead of them. And part of that, or most of that has to do with the fact that the Celtics gave up a lot of pieces, Avery Bradley, Kelly Olynyk in particular, to get, to get Hayward and, and to do some of the things they were doing. Um, but they, but where, but I also think, again, I think part of it is with the Wizards. Tim Frazier and Jody Meeks, on paper, is a much better backcourt than what they had with, you know, the start of last year when you're looking at Trey Burke and Marcus Thornton. I mean, you know, you guys heard me rail 
for weeks about that, particularly the Thornton aspect of it, that this is the guy you had planning to back up Bradley Beal was Marcus Thornton. That, that, that just could not have been the plan, and yet it seemingly was. The plan this time is a guy who has been a very good shooter in his career, who at times has shown the ability to score. Um, you know, and, and again, I mean, Meeks is a ridiculously good free throw shooter, and you know that, that, that's not a bad that's not a bad trade either. Either in 2014-15, shot 90.6% from the free throw line. He hasn't shot less than 89%. Oh no, he shot 85% in 2013-14. That's the lowest he's shot in like six years. So. He'll help there as well. You know, obviously the injuries with him and, and to some degree Bradley Beal remain. Those are questions, but, you know, we'll see. Sheldon Mack has been aggressive in in Summer League. You got Sadoransky. We'll talk more about him in, the, in an upcoming podcast, what he recently said about his own uh, status with the Wizards and more. So, uh I think Jody Meeks is a very interesting player. Like I said, I, I I saw a fit because of what he brings and what the Wizards need, and the and and how the the fact that he wouldn't be a hot commodity on the free agent market in terms of the cost. It's still a little surprised he was the, you know was a day two signing, but in any event, that's what happened. So we'll see. I think I think Jody Meeks is is an interesting. Uh, addition for the Wizards for sure. Here is, uh, let's get to Jody Meeks himself. Here is what Jody Meeks had to say on a few different questions. Oh, and hey, uh, you know, you've all been on conference calls before in your life. The sound is not always the cleanest, and that's kind of the case. Hey, there's some background noise. You can hear me typing a little bit, but it's the sound that we have, so it is what it is. I did a little, uh, did some editing. I, I, I took out some of the pieces. I just bring you what I thought were some of the highlights here. So starting off again with why Jody Meeks picked the Wizards. They had a really good season last year. Um, I've been on some past couple of years on some teams. Unfortunately, hasn't they haven't made the playoffs. So um, you know, losing gets gets pretty old after a while. So uh, when you're in this league for you know a while, you know it's not uh, you look for you look to win. You know, you always want you know to play well and stuff like that, and a lot of playing time and uh, early on, but. After a while, you want to win and you want to contribute still, but you want to win and that's the ultimate goal. So uh, I feel like I can still come in and contribute and play, play some significant minutes, but at the same time, uh, um, you know, I want to get far in the playoffs too. And a follow-up with that, Jody, uh, when you were talking to um, whether uh, Mr. Grunfeld or uh, Coach Brooks, have you, have you guys discussed what your role will be next year? Um. We haven't got, you know, too deep into that, but at the same time, we have. Um, we were on the phone, and uh, before I signed, I asked what my role would be, and uh, pretty much what I've been doing my whole career. You know, come off the bench, obviously, uh, behind Brad, <clears throat> and uh, show show a lot of veteran leadership, uh, knock down open shots, and uh, play hard. And uh, obviously, the more shots I knock down, the, the more playing time I'll get. But, but um, I'm just looking forward to it. Hey Jody, this is ended hey, uh, with the uh, Locked On Wizards. Just curious, going into free agency on say July first, what were your expectations along with your agents to kind of where you fit into the free agency scheme? Obviously, you've been uh, a productive player, but you've been coming off some of the injuries. What, what was your sort of sense of the lay of the land for you going into free agency? Uh, I didn't really have any expectations. I um, 
I just wanted to have the best fit for myself. Um, past couple of years have been tough just being injured. Uh, you know, coming off my career year in L.A. Um, three years ago, you know, it kind of looked like my my career was going, you know, up and, and a lot of, you know, great success for me. And uh, the injury bug kind of hit me. So uh, it's, it's been a little disappointing, but I try to make the most of my opportunities and not, you know, dwell in the past or dwell in, uh, disappointment, um, and just try to make the most of it. And you know, when I'm when I have my opportunities, to try to you know play well and female. And then here is Meeks asked about his current health and how he thinks John Wall will help his game. Uh, I would say I'm 100 percent now. Uh, you know, thank the good Lord that you know I'm past that, and hopefully, and. Uh, you know, summertime, so the body feels great. And, uh, you know, talking with John, uh, you know, Kentucky guy, so that's a, that's a connection. And I was actually his host uh, on his on his visit a long time ago when he visited Kentucky, so I've been knowing him a while. Uh, but, you know, John's a great player. He's, you know, one of the best point guards in the league. So I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, playing alongside of him and, you know, hopefully he can find me a lot of, you know, good shots I can knock down, and uh, I know he'll be looking for me. All right, there you have it. New wizard Jody Meeks on board. And w- w- one thing he um, he also said in that, in a call was that while he was out in Vegas, he did a, had a workout with John Wall, with Markeith Morris, plus the new guys, Tim Frazier and Mike Scott. So, you know, uh, he already obviously has some relationship with, with John Wall, and, uh, you know, good to see these guys getting at it. Already training camp, you know, we still got, you know, training camp will be late September, so we still got a bit ways. Uh, I think they said late September, yeah. So, or somewhere, yeah. But anyway, it'll be in September, so we still got a ways to go before uh, before they get going, and we'll see, you know, how what, what kind of shape he's in come training camp. But you know, based on what he's saying, he he, he feels 100 percent now. So everybody's got fingers crossed on that one. No doubt. All right. Uh, some other, like I said, some other random audio here from from Las Vegas. I was watching the Sacramento Kings L.A. Lakers game, and DeAndre Fox, the number five overall pick in the draft, point guard out of Kentucky, was there, and he was he was talking. So I said, "Well, what the heck, I'll stick my recorder in, see what's going on," and did that, and uh, even got a question in about what it's like uh, being the, the latest Kentucky. Uh, guard to, to enter the draft to to come into the league. Obviously, there's been a bunch of them in recent years. You know, John Wall, the obvious one, but you got Eric Bledsoe, uh, Tyler Eulis. I mean, this year, of course, you, you know, you got you got Fox and Malik Monk, and uh, you know, a bunch of other. You know, that, that doesn't even count Kentucky guys like Anthony Davis and Boogie Cousins and so on. So a lot of a uh, lot of Kentucky guys. But first and foremost, he started talking about his situation with Alonzo Ball. He put up a tweet. Uh, Alonzo Ball was supposed to play against Meek against Fox that night, but he was held out with a, with an injury. I, I, I'll fast forward and say that uh, I, I see that Alonzo Ball had a ridiculous game Wednesday night. He goes back on the court, so you know I, I, I don't know if he was he was uh, I'm sure he wasn't hiding from Fox, but he clearly showed he's not the injury is not anything to worry about. What a performance! But in any event, Fox uh, put up a you know a like a face palm emoji when he um, when he heard the news about Ball, 
uh, not playing, and he was asked about that and had some other fun things to say about that that budding rivalry as well as uh, the Kentucky situation. So here's De'Aaron Fox. Everybody was disappointed to say they could see you versus Lonzo, and you had that tweet. Is there any reason? I got hacked. Oh, you got hacked? <laughs> <laughs> Is there any reason why you deleted it? Nah, I like to play with y'all. <laughs> Actually, someone was like, uh, it's like five minutes until I was like, bro, I'm taking it down in five more minutes. <laughs> but I know what y'all do. <laughs> Were you, story, were, story, were you were you hoping to get the third the third matchup? Oh uh, yeah, but it didn't happen. Uh, we're gonna play each other in regular season, so you know, we saw the way they play without them. Yeah, it's just for itself. They play extremely well without them. So. Um, people were. I, I don't know if you feel this way, but the, the sort of there were people around saying that they thought that he was. Afraid of facing you? Do you you know? I mean, you guys have become friends through the draft process. Nah, he's a, he's a competitor. Yeah, he's hurt. I mean, like like people said, it's a summer league. Don't risk it. Uh, when I tweaked my ankle, coach took me out and said same thing. So, I mean, no one's ducking anybody. At the end of the day, we're still going to play each other, both in the NBA for a reason. Do you feel there's always going to be comparisons uh, yeah, just because we play each other twice. You beat me at home, then we beat him in the Sweet 16. So people have kind of intertwined our careers. And we can say whatever we want. No one's going to let it go. I feel it for you, though. Uh, summer league, how you got getting better, developing, and everything. Was it distracting in order to hear so much about you and Lonzo? Nah, I don't, I don't let anything outside of my team. You know, uh, I don't worry about anybody else but us. Is there any specific meaning I knew that y'all were gonna take it, oh, and man. y'all was probably gonna y'all ran with it faster than I would run a forty. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, I did it. Saw <laughs> Vince Carter and Zebo around. You get to talk to them at all? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, they they basically been extensions of coach on the court. Uh, well, I mean, not on the court, but uh, you know, veteran guys that have really been through it. Vince has played more years in the NBA than I've been alive. So, uh, I mean, this is guys that we're able to listen to, uh, teach us. You know, they've been through it. They've been through it for many years. And, uh, even George came today, and uh, they're really just helping us. Uh, we know during the season they're going to be they're going to be extreme help. Obviously, a lot of Kentucky guards here from played at Kentucky under Calipari. Talk about comparisons. How do you figure to live up to those guys, and how have they kind of helped you get ready for this? Um, just the advice that they were giving us um, throughout the year at Kentucky, throughout the, the draft process. You know, um, they all really reach. They all really reach out to us. They come back. And they just tell us how their experience was at Kentucky and how it is in the league. John. Uh, John's definitely been the most help to me. Uh, Devin's really talked to me a lot, and, uh, and Tyler. Was that was that part of the draw of going there that you knew that there would be this like family of alumni that are so successful? In the league? Definitely, definitely. It's a real brotherhood. You know? After guys go to the NBA, they always come back. Uh, they really reach out to each other. You know? But the, at the end of the day, we're all still extreme competitors. Like, Carl and AD actually go at it a lot. But at the end of the day, you know, they're family off the court. But uh, that's how it is, I can tell you. All right, so there you go. By the way, speaking of that Fox-Wall relationship, uh, our friend Michael Lee with with uh, The Vertical, with Yahoo Sports, I know he was there also. He he actually was writing about De'Aaron Fox. I know he was able to talk to John Wall, and he just put up an article about De'Aaron Fox. So you can probably find more about that Wall-Fox relationship if you go find Michael's article online as well. Uh, of course, you want to find all of our podcasts from Las Vegas, go do so on iTunes or Stitcher or anywhere else. 
you do your podcasting. What we have four, uh, four podcasts from out there. No, is that right? Yeah, the first one we had Kelly Oubre. Uh, I talked straight to Kelly Oubre, and then we talked about the fact that the Wizards had matched Otto Porter. So that was the first one. Second one, uh, a- a- Adam Rubin and I did a just sort of a summer league potpourri. We jumped around to a lot of different topics, including the Wizards' uh, performance early in in that camp. The second, the third one, John Wall, as I mentioned, plus ESPN's Amin Al Hassan, and then lastly, the last one from Vegas, Adam and I again for our final podcast together. Discuss which of the players currently on the, or how many players on the current Wizards summer league roster would actually make the team. What, what, what do the Wizards possibly do with Chris McCullough's upcoming option? And are people sleeping on the Wizards in the East, which I've already talked, touched on a little bit here, but we do went in greater detail there, plus a whole bunch of other things. So, uh, fun there. I'm gonna go, uh, here for now. I'm gonna try to catch up on a little more rest and then get back to work. But I appreciate you guys there, uh, you guys here as always. You know, if you're listening to iTunes, if you don't already subscribe, you know, please do so. Hit that subscribe button. If you got a sec, drop us a nice review there as well. More people who, uh, who know about the podcast, the better it is for all of us involved. And of course, for the written word, I'm doing some things these days for FanRag Sports as well as NBC Washington. If you want to follow those, of course, just go to those sites or you follow me on Twitter at Ben Standig. I will put it all up on there. Anyway, thanks again to you guys for listening. Uh, Jody Meeks, thanks to him for his time today, and uh, we will see what happens with that one. Uh, ben Standix signing off for now. Until next time, see ya.